Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's alright. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes. No holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, it is the Tuesday Night Show. My name is Mike Freeland, soon to be joined by The Butt. It is the Front Row Material brand. 
If you're enjoying our podcast, you can go ahead and catch us anywhere fine podcasts are made available. In fact, if you would like to know specifically where you can go, it's on my Twitter page. I went ahead and I pinned it. You can follow me at the Mike Freeland. It is FM Player Refonic Podcast, which is Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podbean, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Radio.net, and iVox. From what I understand, uh, Stitcher is going to be no more, um, so that seems to be the rumor. And we're trying to get our glitch fixed right now with our feeds with Spotify. Hopefully that should be fixed as well. So, all those places you can catch our podcast, please let your friends know. If you enjoy listening to wrestling podcasts or just a couple of friends having a good old conversation once a week, go ahead and tell them to check us out. All right, with that being said, let me bring him in. He's my brother from another mother. He is from just a little shy of north of where I'm right now. He is in Canada. His name is The Butt. What's going on, buddy? This is it, Michael. Another Tuesday night hanging out with you. And life is good. Life's very good. The weather's beautiful. Work hasn't been terrible. Good. How about it you? Is good. I'm I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, the weather the weather isn't bad. It's just very hot and humid where I'm at right now, and it's uh it's miserable. So we usually, my wife and I, usually pride ourselves in really taking care of our front yard, and we do plants, and we do all this stuff. I treat the lawn. I do all this kind of stuff. Well, anyway, this past this summer, we really haven't spent too much time outside for the simple fact that it has been so god awful, uncomfortably hot it's not just the the heat butster it's the humidity like if the temperature can be really high but it's that damn humidity so you guys get pretty humid where you're at correct correct yeah humidity is definitely not something that i'm a big fan of because it's just it makes it hard to breathe it's uncomfortable and uh yeah not a fan of any of that whatsoever but other than that things are are going really really well looking forward to the end of summer actually and getting back to work getting back to the teaching those kids uh your wife is a teacher is she enjoying her her off time right now she is just actually doing a couple classes a little uh career development we'll say yes and she helps me a bunch with my with my toys she does all the painting for me and yeah Oh, she, but she's she's been enjoying her time off, a little rest and relaxation, you know. Teachers teachers need that. I everyone, let's be honest, needs a little R and R. But I I think also with teachers because your wife knows this, my wife knows this. Both te- teaching elementary, there's so much that goes on during the year. It's not just teaching the kids, but it's with the parents and it's the emails, it's the phone calls, it's you know there there's a lot of things that go on just from a mental standpoint. So I'm glad she's enjoying her break and. Uh, helping you in your in your workshop and uh a rumor has it that santa's uh, a little nervous because i don't know you may be getting offered the job of uh the new chris kringle uh, i doubt that but hey if they come knocking i'll listen we'll see what the offer is having the butt as the new santa would probably be the greatest thing that's ever happened because it would be good for kids because kids would get toys but it would be amazing for adults because just the way the butt is he is hysterical with his stories and uh yeah, that would be the best of both worlds. So once again, my vote goes for you. If there uh, is a Santa election, you got my vote. I appreciate that, Mike. Thanks, buddy. So there's a lot of things we're going to talk about. And one major thing we want to talk about, the Butster and I were talking about this before we started recording, was good old Teddy Hart. For those of you who may not be super familiar uh, who Teddy Hart is, he is a part of the Hart family. However, he is... 
and I think this would be correct to say, kind of the black sheep of the family. And Teddy has a short fuse and a long history of doing things he probably shouldn't do. And Teddy also doesn't know when to probably not talk because Teddy gets himself in trouble a lot. So, Butster, tell me a little about this uh, this fellow Canadian. What's going on with Teddy Hart? So, um, apparently he got pulled over somewhere in Florida. I'm not sure. Titusville. Okay. I'm not sure exactly where that is in Florida. I got pulled over in a rental for running a red light at a high rate of speed. And when he got pulled over, they smelled uh, burned marijuana in the rental car. They seen some unsealed uh, marijuana kicking around. So they took him out. Then once they started checking the car, they found uh, MDMA, uh, ecstasy, and steroids. And so old Teddy's in trouble again. Uh, According to the report, they found three different... uh, Types of MDMA and two lots of steroids. Wow. So it's not the first run in. I mean, how many times has Teddy been arrested at this point? It's, it's yeah. been, it's been a, a few. Uh, there's something about uh, there's a There's a Twitter account called Is Teddy Hart in Jail? Uh, I'm not <laughs> making this up. I'm, That's fantastic. Uh, like, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'm just looking through here. In 2021, he was accused of being in possession of controlled substances. Uh, he's been in and out of jail a bunch. There was still going on with his wife or girlfriend that disappeared. Uh, I never did hear anything other than that. Or she just disappeared. There's that. Uh, there's been numerous issues with him in different federations. Uh, Teddy's got some demons, unfortunately. And... Um, Hopefully he can get them under wraps. It doesn't seem to be doing well, though, unfortunately. Teddy's been in trouble recently um, with some other charges, specifically back in 2020. Uh, He was facing charges of injury of a child, elderly person, and a disabled person, evading arrests in a vehicle with a possession, again, of a controlled substance. And if you would like to see uh, the police report, you can find that online, and you can find that at ringsidenews.com. So. It's too bad. You never want to see somebody go down this route, whether you, they're a professional wrestler or uh, they're making your coffee in the morning. Nobody. Not at all. Not at all, but that's uh, that's the Teddy Hart situation. There was a Teddy Hart documentary. Did you ever get a chance to see that? No, I never heard of it. Yeah, there was a Teddy Hart documentary that, that came out. I don't want to say it was that long ago, but I think it would be really interesting to see what all is in that documentary? Here we go. Teddy Hart has a long time history of controversy that's followed him throughout his career from his cat breeding to kidnapping to possession of drugs. Teddy Hart's rap sheet is quite extensive. He's even got his own documentary series that chronicles the downfall of his career. So let me click on the link here to see the Teddy Hart documentary called Dangerous Breed with the cats. That's what his biography is called. Oh, Dangerous okay. Breed Crime. Cons, cats. My God, I can't, I can't get over that. Cats. Every time I hear somebody has gotten in trouble with a cat, do you remember the show with Chris Hansen to catch a predator? Yeah. Do you remember the guy that they caught that was was texting and was saying different sexual acts he wanted to do on the cat? No, no, I'm gonna have to, I'll no. have to pull up that audio later on. Don't, please don't. 
Was, uh, Chris Hansen just has that really polished way of saying things that are so inappropriate, but they sound like, oh, wow, the way Chris Hansen said it. That's Teddy Hart. Hopefully, Teddy can get his life together. If not, then uh, maybe he'll head back to cat breeding. I wanted to talk to you also uh, about, this was interesting, so Eric Young returned to Slammiversary, a big pay-per-view that Impact Wrestling had, and he was Scott Demore's tag team partner. But something people may not know is that when Bray Wyatt initially came back to WWE, they were thinking about relaunching the Wyatt family. And there were two people at that time that they were considering relaunching the Wyatt family. And one was Eric Young, and the other one was, and I'm trying to remember the name, you're going to have to help me out here, Maria Canellis's husband. Bennett. Yes, Mike Bennett. We're supposed to be part of the Wyatt, the new Wyatt family. Eric Young would fit in. He's got that kind of crazy gimmick. Damn good wrestler, too. Kind of like a Skinner. Ooh, that's a good call. I like that. I, I like Skinner. That. I liked him a lot. So that was just kind of an interesting thing I came across as well. So well, you know, he you know why he left apparently. Well, apparently, from what I've read, he left because he didn't want anything to do with WWE. Now that the old man is back, absolutely. And can you blame him? No, he'll probably get buried again. He never got much of a push when he was there the first time. And he's good. He, he is good. And I feel like it's one of those deals where when it comes to former Impact guys, things never really end up going their way. So Wildcat Chris Harris left TNA impact, whatever it was at the time went up to WWE. It didn't work out with him. And then James storm. If you remember this a couple of years ago, James storm actually showed up on NXT and they were hoping to kind of bring him along. That did not end up working out. Eric young, another situation. There's very few people that have made that jump from TNA impact to WWE. That's been pretty successful and obviously aj styles is a big name that comes up that says you know he was very successful in wwe joe samoa joe was they never did a joe versus aj in uh, wwe which bothered me and they never like they teased a brock versus joe thing and man there should have been more there was so much meat on the bone for that because I feel like Samoa Joe would absolutely tear and, and really, really go hard with Brock Lesnar. You think so? I think it would have been fantastic. I think Joe would have been the guy that could legitimately cleanly pin Brock Lesnar, and it would be believable because Joe's that type of guy. Well, you think half of Joe's issue reason he didn't get any pushes? He's always hurt. I mean, he he was injury prone and, and you know still is to some degree. I think that was difficult. But I think WWE, and we've heard about this before. I mean, this is not new. If you're not homegrown, then, you know, your odds of being successful in the company, obviously this is prior to Triple H taking over, but they weren't that high. You weren't one of them. It wasn't, you know, you weren't a product of, you know, their their machine that they do. But, I mean, it is what it is. But I, I think Joe's done very well for himself. Mm-hmm. And he's in a good place right now, so good for him. But there is still no word on Bray Wyatt either. Speaking of him, there was some belief that he may be making a return at SummerSlam. That has been quashed. He is no longer going to be making a return at SummerSlam. So when he comes back, we really have no idea. There's something going on there. There's, 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 there's so, way more than we know. 
there's an illness that was going on that was talked about for a while. He was not medically cleared. Um, tons of rumors float around a lot, whether it was related to COVID, whether it wasn't related. Um, was there a lingering, you know, long-term injury that was happening? We have no idea. They were very, they played it very close to the chest when it came to him, which I get to a degree. I mean, it's someone's privacy, but at the end of the day, I almost feel like this is a situation much like Wardlow. It ain't going to work out. It, it's just not. You, cut, you got to cut bait and you got to move on. And You're probably right. I think he could do better if he went. If he went to like an MLW or he did other things, I think Bray Wyatt could rejuvenate himself and feel free from a creative standpoint. Because right now, I think he's probably stifled in WWE. I mean, think about it. How long can you keep a character, creature, monster gimmick going? We've seen it happen. I mean, you know, you have Kane. And you have the Undertaker, but how many of these really like creature monster things, entities, personalities can really stand the test of time? Yeah, just random. Sorry, I have no idea the answer to this. Why'd they end the um, creepy swamp break? Great question. Um, I think from what I remember at the time, and I could be wrong, is that they were trying to push, they were trying to see if they could push Braun. They were trying to see if they could push Eric Rowan and see if they could get singles careers out of them. And they started to do more things with when they were called the Bludgeon Brothers. And it was like, oh, wow, this is kind of getting over. Maybe we should, you know, break these guys up. And they tried it. Braun was successful. Eric Rowan, maybe not so much. And at that point in time, once you break people apart, it's, it's really hard to bring them back together. Fair enough. So... So that's going on with that. Um, I want to talk about a guy who you've told me that you're a big fan of this guy. And I just want to kind of confirm this. You're a big fan of Ryback, aren't you? Sure. I, I walked right into that. So a lot of people have heard over the last, gosh, I don't want to say months. I want to say last couple of years. Ryback has his own podcast, YouTube show, whatever you want to call it. He said some pretty controversial things, some very outlandish things. Uh, even inappropriate things. I think he is trying to do that. I'm trying to think how you would, it's that shock type of value. Like I'm going to say all these different things and just get people riled up. Well, recently he was talking about how he thought that a match between he and Goldberg would be a smashing success. And he was <laughs> tweeting at Tony Khan. He thought that it should be a big part of either all in or all out. And yeah, it's, it's, really ridiculous anyway he has gone on to now turn his attentions on to booker t so this comes from ringside news the pro wrestling world is full of bold characters and sometimes they don't get along in real life now that seems to be the case with ryback and booker t the now two-time 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 wwe hall of famer now, as we previously reported here, obviously with Ringside News, Ryback, uh, on his live stream, he had mentioned uh, he did a lot of FUs to some people. Um, he called them out, uh, Mark Henry, Busted Open Radio, and Booker T. So Booker T tried to be a nice guy, but FU just doesn't quite go over very well with Booker T. Now, Ryback then went into a big rant about how Booker T won't even pick up his phone. Apparently, Ryback has been trying to call him. He goes on to say, pick up your effing phone and call me like a man. Your brother is a man. Your brother has respect. 
obviously referring to Stevie Ray. Booker T opened up about Ryback in his Hall of Fame podcast, and it seems that Booker T is a little bit confused as to why he's being targeted in the first place. However, he said that, you know what? If he wants a match with me, I have no problem wrestling him. So let me ask you this question, Butster, and there's a lot more to this uh, story that meets the eye, but do do we really want to see Booker T and Ryback? I mean... No. No. I, so. uh, no. I will defend Ryback for a little bit here. Very little bit. I don't think he was as bad as people get on. He's not like, the worst wrestler ever. No, not at all. No, he's not as great as he thinks he is either. Like, he gets a lot of hate. He does. For some reason, people do not like him. Even when he was wrestling, people just didn't have a time of day for him. I didn't think he was that bad. He wasn't fantastic. He was just a big monster. Like, you knew what you were going to get. He didn't have the greatest move set. But Jeremy guys build like him don't. That's true. So, I mean, Goldberg didn't either. Oh, let's be honest. Steve Austin didn't have a great move set when he was no, still cold. Right? But so that that's not always the thing. They're. Ryback just didn't get over. There just seemed to be... He was the guy that people hated for some reason. Everybody turned on him. Only problem is, he's made it ten times worse since he's retired. Yes. Or since... Well, is he retired? I would assume he is. I have not seen any matches of him advertised for any promotions. So I would assume... He's either retired or he's just kind of in limbo until his next opportunity. Yeah, because I haven't heard anything... At all, really, since since he left WWE. So and he he's trying to stay relevant. I get that he's trying to keep his name out there, you know, trying to drum up some excitement. I got hey, one more run. Little self promotion, have at her. But he's just not going about it the right way. Like you can't go about it just being an asshole all the time. And it seems he strikes me as another wrestler who's just bitter. Yeah, like he's. He's bitter about everything. Might be a little delusional at times, or maybe it's just a pure hype machine for him. He's saying crazy stuff just so people talk, and it's working. Here we are talking about him. We're not the only people. However, I just don't think he's going about it the right way. And do I want to see him and Booker T? No, Booker's not a young man anymore. Still in great shape. Uh, no idea what kind of shape Ryback's in. I mean, he was an absolute unit when he was wrestling. Just a big, big dude. So I would assume if he still wants to have another go, he's keeping himself in half-decent shape. But I still don't care. Like, I no. really... No disrespect to either one of them, but I'm not going to tune into that. Nobody's just not... What should I say? That's not going to put butts in seats. It's not, and I just don't understand. Like he's trying what? to create heat for the sake of creating it to get attention. Right. He's trying to create this buzz where and you're right. It's like he lives in his own world inside his head, and he thinks that you know he was a great superstar and that his career got sidetracked because of politics and how he never got a big push in WWE and that he deserved more and you can go on and on and on, but there's a lot of people who also said they didn't feel like he was safe in the ring and I will never defend CM Punk for the most part, but even Punk said, look, I I didn't feel comfortable with him. I don't, I didn't think he was safe. I, 
we would talk about things before our matches backstage and say, hey, FYI, don't do this. Stay away from this. I'm hurt, this or that. And Ryback would go out and just kind of do his own thing. And it was, I think, that lack of respect for the, the profession that is wrestling. He just never really understood. And I feel like because he's such a good orator, he is very captivating with his words. And I think he can convince people that he is the good guy instead of the bad guy. And that's the part that you got to worry about because when you get smooth talkers, they can manipulate things really easily. That's a good point. Speaking of people who say things that they shouldn't have said, we once again also talked about this before we went on the air. Uh, WrestleCon had announced that they were bringing back the Steiner brothers for an autograph signing. Well, it appears that that is now officially off the tables. 24 hours after the announcement was made that Rick and Scott Steiner would be appearing to make autograph signings and personal uh, interactions with fans at the upcoming WrestleCon. That's no longer going to happen. Now, the upcoming WrestleCon is set to be in Detroit, Michigan, which is the hometown of the Steiners. In a statement on Twitter, WrestleCon said that it had evaluated the situation when it came to the Scott Steiner, or Rick Steiner, I should say, and his uh, comments he had made uh, about his transphobic remarks. And they were aimed at Giselle Shaw, who is a big speaker of the LBGTQ movement. And after a lot of backlash from not only fans, but other people associated with the big event, they decided to rescind his invitation once again, just 24 hours after their initial announcement. Um, it, they just went on to say, you know, after 24 hours of recognizing Scott Steiner is officially, I'm sorry, Rick Steiner has officially been pulled from the Detroit show, which is scheduled to take place on August 4th and 5th. In addition to Steiner's removal, WrestleCon has now drafted a code of conduct for anti-harassment policies that will be used and posted on their website. Upon the launch of these initial policies, WrestleCon now has vowed to gradually expand them in an effort to create a more enjoyable space for all who attend. Um, let me ask you a question here. Did they honestly think in any way, shape, or form that this wasn't going to go without some type of huge backlash? I like, don't know, man. Like, anybody could see this coming. No, they like, come on, man. You can't, you can't act like that anymore. He, he was wrong to say that. 100%. You, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their feelings. Don't need to agree with one another's opinion or feelings, but everybody's entitled to it. However, you cannot be a dickhead like that. Like he was he was being a terrible person. I think we can both agree on that. You can't act yes, like he that. Was. Correct. You, you just can't say those words. You can't act like that. Period. You can't bully people. You can't harass people. You know? Why does it say all the time? Don't be a scumbag. He was being a complete scumbag. If you have your feelings towards whatever it is, fine. But you can't be spouting off like an idiot like that. Because you got to think, it's not just that he's bullying or picking on Giselle Shaw. It's a whole community. It's the whole community. And yes. it's also... You got to think. So there's kids there. 
And they're going to hear this guy, who's a legend, maybe a bit tarnished right now, but he is still a legend. And they're going to hear this guy who's a legend, whose mom or dad probably told, you know what, son, back when I was your age, this guy was a machine. Oh, so my dad's hero is out here saying dumb shit like that, is acting like that. What is wrong with you? There is no place for that in society. No. Period. You can't act like that. You can't be a bully. No, you can't harass people. You can't just be a piece of trash. And that's all he was doing. Now, whether he just let his emotions get the better of him, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know the man. But from just looking at it, which is all any of us can do. Right. He's not a good person. He comes off as a really shitty person. Do you think that if after this had happened, Rick Steiner had released a statement and said, you know, I've been out of wrestling for a while. I made some comments that should not have been made. Do you, do you think if he showed some level of apology towards his behavior, that would have in any way changed the situation, or do you think, man, once the, the horse is out of the barn, uh, you're trying to do damage control. People know that's what you're trying to do, so it doesn't really change the outcome. It might have helped a bit, but it's hard to come back from that. I agree. Like, that's one that is hard to recover from. Now, in the article that I read, apparently he did try to reach out to Giselle Shaw. Okay. And she told him, no. Just, kudos. I'd probably do the same thing. Because, well, look what he just did. So he apparently he went to the promoters, and he apologized to promoters. He apologized to some of the other uh, people that were there, um, some of the other wrestlers. And he tried to reach out to Giselle Shaw. Once again, I'm... I'm not saying that to say, hey, you know, he's, he's, he's good. No, he did try to correct what he did. But that's almost a kiss of death at that point. That's not something that, that blows over quickly, if ever, really. He should, in my opinion, he should have come out and made some kind of statement. No, and not a cookie cutter. I had somebody tape this up for me on Twitter, like an actual real statement, not your your PC uh, across the board, you know, bullshit answers, but a real apology. That would have been a start. I still don't think it would have been enough, honestly. He's, what's, what's the saying I'm looking for? He made his bed, now he's got a lie in it. Yep. And I think that's where it is for him right now. It'll take a lot to recover from this. I mean, I don't know if he ever will, in my opinion. I think, I don't know. This kind of also goes back to like, and I'm not, I'm not condoning anything whatsoever. What I'm saying though is when it comes to the way culture is and society is today in 2023, no, you cannot say those things. It's not appropriate. Do I think that it should be the kiss of death for your career, man, that really is up to, that's an individual basis type of thing. And 
I would hate to see someone's career get completely wiped out because of something. But then on the flip side, I can also understand they actively made a choice to do or say whatever. So then do I necessarily have sympathy for that? It's one of those things. It, it's, it's dependent on you as a person. If you think what they've done was egregious enough that they are wiped off completely as if they never existed, so be it. If you think that people are owed a second chance, maybe. But that's a, that's a debate on an individual basis. People deserve a second chance in, in most situations. Not all, but in most situations, people deserve a second chance. In this situation, for him to get this second chance, he needs to try to right his wrong before me personally will give him the time of day. Well, you know, what he did was just ridiculous, disgusting. Well, let me let and me now, ask you. You've got if you want a second chance, right? Fix it. How well, you fix this, I don't know. It can't necessarily be fixed, but you know what I mean? You know, make I get what you're saying. Like try to you you need to make me think, you know what? He's not a piece of trash. He was being a moron, you know, he flew off the handle, whatever it would be, but he needs to fix this to where people don't hate his guts. I also think that there has been, um, and I'm trying to pull it up right now, there's been some instances where he has done and said things that have been wrong in the past, mm-hmm. not in this specific uh, arena of context, but in general. Uh, I've heard the word bully thrown out there before. I've heard some other things, and I'm trying to find some information on this. I don't have it at the moment. Hopefully before the end of the show, I'll have that. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is he doesn't have a spotless track record leading up to this situation. Do you know what I mean? It's a well-known fact that him and his brother was a bully, too. Like When they were WWE, there's all kinds of reports of them being bullies to people. Right? So I, I don't know. It's, it's bad news. It's a bad look for him, and he's got a long road to try to recover, if ever. No, I agree with you. I agree completely. Um, also, something that I think would be interesting to bring up as well, you know, with with everything happening in wrestling, there's always these different stories that you hear, and, you know, should we invest ourselves a whole lot in this? Should we not? Should we look deep into this? Should we not? So I tweeted about this, and I wanted to get your opinion about this, Butster. So Nick Aldis, as we all know, uh, left the NWA and at one point was considered the highest free agent or the most uh, eligible, um, desirable free agent, whatever superlative you want to use. And he came back and decided to sign with Impact Wrestling. So this was his third stint in Impact Wrestling. So he's back, and he said in interviews he's, he's glad he's back. He's he's wanted to come back, unfinished business in Impact Wrestling. Well, I didn't realize this, but he signed a short-term contract when he came back to Impact Wrestling. So he came back. He had a match. He became a number one contender. And I think he was a part of the Fatal a fatal four-way but then he had a match with alex shelley for the impact tna championship and he lost and now he's officially done with the company so from what i've continued to read about this was he signed a short-term contract which was only 
April to now, which is what, six months, maybe less than that, is a feeling out process to see if it was a good fit for Impact and it was a good fit for Nick Aldis. Obviously, his wife works there. We thought that it would be, it would make sense for Nick Aldis to come there. Well, not the case. He finished up with the company. It looks like the feeling out process didn't go over quite well, and now he's out there. WWE has their sources out there that say WWE is interested in him. As a producer, my question to you is this. Do you think Nick Aldis still has some tread on the tire as far as being an in-ring performer? Well, for sure. Not what he was, but he's not washed up either. He's definitely, definitely got some tread on the tire. He can still go. Right? Uh, not what he was, well, like anybody. Nobody's what they were five years ago or ten years ago. But he can he can still wrestle. He still he would still be a, a quality performer in the ring. Uh, you're not going to strap what's uh, strap a, a rocket to his back at this point. He's forty plus years old. Hold on. First of all, two th- he's thirty six. Okay, sorry. I was going to mention this. He's thirty six, and I thought you were about to say strap a strap onto him. Sorry. Strap a rocket onto him. Okay. How, how bad of a person do you think I am? I don't think you're a bad person. I just I, that's what I heard. Strap a strap on. So this you were guy thinking about strap ons. That's and, that's, and send yeah. him to the moon. <laughs> I don't know what somebody with a strap on is going to do in the moon. <laughs> but I mean, there are rumors wow. of aliens that are out there, which uh, are going to be confirmed. Well, yeah, you're you're about to believe that. Yep. Anyhow, Continue. okay. Fair, I I stand corrected. I thought he was older. I thought yes. he was 41, 42 years old, so I'm, I'm incorrect there. Um, still, at, at 36, I mean, how many guys in WWE are, are 40, 40 plus years old? There's a good chunk of them. Yeah. But there's got to be 10 or a dozen. So, I mean, is, does he have lingering, lingering injuries we don't know about? I'll, I'll throw out a random thought. Is it WWE wants to bring him in as a producer just so he can't go anywhere else to wrestle? I think good that, call. that could be. I don't know. I'm not trying to play the conspiracy tinfoil hack guy here, but I don't know. Could happen. It wouldn't shock me. I'm sure it wouldn't shock you. Right? But I, I don't I don't see why they would want to do that and not have him wrestle some. Not not Probably not full-time, not, you know, that he was doing a couple of years ago type of thing. But why not? Is it, I, and I have no idea about this question I'm going to ask. Is he that great of a wrestling mind? He's a great performer, but that's different from being a producer. That's a good point. So maybe he is. Maybe he's an absolute genius. I mean, he's been around a long time. He's been in a lot of promotions. He's been very good. Maybe he is, and and we don't know it, or, or I don't know it anyhow. So maybe that's the, that, or another random thought it could be. Maybe they're just trying to get younger producers in so they could stay a little more up-to-date versus your producers that are 60. You know, their, their day of wrestling or performing was many, many years ago. So there might be a little out of touch. You bring in a guy like Aldis, who was still wrestling two weeks ago. 
at a high level. Yes, I agree. So he still has his finger on the pulse of what's in, we'll say, what's working. Uh, could be something to that as well. There's a lot of different variables that it could be. Um, at 36, taking that in consideration, uh, it's pretty surprising that that's the route he goes to be a producer and not an on-air on air, um, character at all. It's awful young. He's, he's it still, is. He's still got some left in him. I agree. So... Yeah, it is a little surprising that they would be interested in him from a producing standpoint. But I also wonder if WWE, and, and we heard Nick Khan say this several months ago, that leading up to the merger of UFC and WWE, they wanted to get lean and mean, which means they were looking to make some, some cutbacks as well as far as their talent pool. And a contract of a talent versus a contract of a producer I'm sure is substantially different and with, with the amounts of money. So maybe if they brought him in under that, you know, he could do work for them at a a lower price, but you still got to think though, he's got to want to still wrestle. I mean, I can't imagine somebody like that just saying, well, I've lost the desire. It's over now. I'm surprised he left impact at all. To be honest with you, this is where where his wife is. He just went there. He's had numerous good runs there. You would assume them bringing him back. He's going back for a half decent buck. Yes, he's already done well for himself at this point. This is a pure assumption. Maybe he hasn't. I don't know, but I think it would be a safe bet to say he's done good for himself. Yeah, Mickey's done very well for herself over the years. I would agree. So you would assume that they're they're comfortable. They're living comfortably, right? Impact seems to be a place that would work. Who was a bigger star in their careers when all is said and done? Nick Aldis or Mickey James? Mickey James. Amen. I agree. Not even close. I agree. I agree. Um, Speaking of some careers that may be just maybe winding down, let's talk a little bit about Vicky Guerrero. Now, several months ago, Vicky Guerrero announced that her contract with AEW was coming up and that she is not being re-signed. Uh, Vicky, Vicky Guerrero's two-year run with AEW is coming to an end, and this is according to Fightful Select. Guerrero is no longer with the company. Since her contract was expiring, she's not been used on TV and has not been on the road for literally months. Um, she's been staying at home since February because she's had nothing to do creatively. Now, back in February, AEW and Guerrero had parted ways when her contract was not going to be picked up again. It was considered an amicable exit. Now, during her time in AEW, she primarily focused on managing Nyla Rose, uh, who was also involved with Marina Shafir. Now, Guerrero did hint that she might be on the way out beginning of the year. She said, excuse me, the Vicky Guerrero show, she hinted at, would be something that you might want to wait for. And this has been something she's been wanting to put together um, when she was officially released from AEW. So she's officially done. And Vicky Guerrero, in many in many people's eyes, will most, most be remembered for the whole Dominic Mysterio angle. And I think right now, I think with 
Judgment Day and Dominic and all of this kind of stuff, I think it would be interesting to see her back in the fold, even if it was short term. I think she could add something to that. Do you think there's a little more use out of her as far as WWE is concerned as it relates to their current storylines with Dominic? No. I don't know where you... How would you make it work? Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, as far as the feud with Eddie and, you know, Eddie is his real father, and then Eddie is not really his, his real father. It was Ray, but then Ray and Eddie were were going after it, and now, you know, Eddie's gone, but Vicky's still there. That relationship that the Guerreros had with the Mysterios, I just wonder if you could add a layer to that. Let it go. I don't... I don't like that. Just a thought. I know. Just a thought. A thought is fine. You're allowed to be wrong. It happens every Tuesday night. Indeed it does. Um, Talk about a man who has simply done nothing wrong, and that's Matt Cardona. Uh, The independent wrestling god is set to make a debut in another big company. Eric Mutter from Wrestling Inc. is reporting that Matt Cardona has done many things since he's left the WWE. He's now a deathmatch wrestler. He's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and he's also going to be promote, be appearing in a new promotion, and that is going to be MLW. Cardona will be making his MLW debut starting in September at the Fury Road uh, tapings that will be happening in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Cardona's opponent for that specific event has not been named yet. Um, it's it's funny because Chelsea Green has made her way back to WWE. You got to think that at some point in time, Matt Cardona is going to make his way back as well. But let me ask you this. You know, we've seen a lot of people leave companies and before they re-sign with other companies again, they, 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 they go on this little sabbatical where they go on this little journey, you know, where they go through different territories and and whatnot, and it's kind of this redemption story. I feel like Matt Cardona has done a lot of great stuff for himself. Do you think there would be any benefit of him coming back to WWE? I mean, do you think the the creative powers would get behind him as much as they did for a Cody, or do you think at some point that initial buzz would be great, but then it would fizzle back out. I don't think he'd come back. Uh, I don't think he would have the creative that he wants. He's completely reinvented himself. And Cody did as well, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he, he's going in a lot of different avenues, like the death match, the hardcore stuff. Well, WWE wants nothing to do with that. That's, That's true. We'll, we'll never see that. And he's got a great gig going. He's going everywhere, wrestling everywhere. You know, I mean, at one point, I think he had every belt there was that wasn't AEW or WWE, right? I, I can't see him coming back. I, I'd love to see him come back. Not that I don't want to. I'd love to see it. I, I like I like him. I just don't know how it would work because at this point, he's got full control over his character. Yeah. Are they going to bring him back as Matt Cardona? I don't know. If they if they tried that, it could work. But if they bring him back as why am I drawing a blank on his name when he was in WWE? Um, Zack Ryder. 
Okay. If they're bringing them back as that, zero chance of it working. I agree. Complete dumpster fire. Because that's not... just won't work anymore. People want Matt Cardona now. I, I think, anyhow. And he's a little too edgy for WWE. And if you tone him down... That's not what people want. I don't. Think. Well, if you tone him down, you're taking away exactly what makes him a, a, appealing to a lot of the audience. It is that crazy, that high energy, that no holds barred. I'll say whatever I want type of personality. Yep. Same reason MJF's not going to WWE. Hate to break it to everybody. That's not going to happen. I think with with a situation like somebody's outside of WWE potentially wanting to get into WWE I think the big thing you have to remember is whatever that you're doing you have to fit with them they don't have to fit with you and always remember that always remember that is that whatever you have going for you gimmick wise character wise catchphrase wise outfit wise um maybe you'll be able to keep uh, 10% of all of that. But the powers that be, the ones who get behind it with the marketing and the advertising and the all of that stuff, they're going to want to create something that's their own. Because at the end of the day, Matt Cardona owns all the trademarks that are with Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. So therefore, how does it benefit WWE from you know, highlighting this talent when there's no intellectual property, we don't own the name, we don't own any of this stuff? So that's why you see a lot of times you know, when stars were successful in one company and they moved to another company, they want to change the gimmick because they want to have the rights to that new character. Perfect example originally was Vader, right? And we learned this. They wanted to call him the Mastodon for mm-hmm. the simple fact that they could trademark that stuff. And Vince McMahon was a huge fan of Johnny B. Bad when he was in WCW in the early to mid-1990s. He wanted to bring him in. However, I believe it was Ted Turner uh, who owned the rights to Johnny B. Bad. Therefore, they had to bring him in as Marvelous Mark Marrow, which was trademarked, and Vince was able to make money off of that. So it's just one of those things where if Matt wanted to come back, would Matt be the exact same that he is right now in the Indies? Of course not. I mean, that's the same thing with John Moxley. Would he be able to go back to – I mean, he would never, but if he would go back to WWE – would his Dean Ambrose character be the lunatic fringe that it is with John Moxley, or would it be severely toned down? And I think it would be severely toned down. So interesting to see what Matt Cardona ends up doing when he debuts for MLW. Um, as we're going around here, any other thoughts that are scrolling around in your mind right now? Uh, did you hear about the new AEW rules? I heard a little bit about them. Tell me a little bit about them. what are these new rules? Um, something about no fighting in the crowd, involving the crowd. You can't take any beverages from the fans. Uh, no bleeding in the crowd. So Mox is never going back into the crowd wrestling. Uh, no unprotected chair shots. Um, just looking up what the what the new rules are, Henry. I will let you do that. I'm going to actually take a swig. Uh, when you're doing a podcast, sometimes you get really, really thirsty. 
So this is my drink of choice for tonight. You want to take a look at this, Butster? What? Prune juice? No. Oh, well, I can see the nutritional facts, but I can't see what it's called. It's applesauce. It is... You drink applesauce? I drink applesauce, yes. All right, cool. I'm going to have some right now. I've never seen somebody drink applesauce. <laughs> Do you want me to mail you a spoon? This is fantastic. You, you've never had that before? I've had applesauce, but I'm normal. I put it in a bowl and I put a spoon and it's great with pork chops. Pork chops and applesauce, that's the way to go. I don't drink my applesauce. That's hey, but you do you, Michael. So tell us more about these tell us more about these rolls. Okay, so below are verbatim moves and interactions listed in a document that fit the criteria per report. So spots and bumps on the ring apron and outside are only allowed if there's padding. Same thing with table, ladder, and chair spots in and out of the ring. Only allowed if there's padding. Any elevated spots outside of the barricades, dives, ladder spots on stage, around the arena. That stuff's all bad now unless there's padding. No pile driver or tombstones. Um, no sit-down drivers, inverted, poison. Karana and vertebrakers. Uh, no intentional bleeding of any sort. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna so, go over like a fart in church with somebody. So Mockley is retiring tomorrow. <laughs> uh, throwing, you can't throw people into, through, or over ring steps, commentary table, bell table, guardrails, barricades. Um, what else we got here? No physicality in the crowd or crowd brawling. Wow. Um, no injury spots, so no pretending to be hurt, I guess. <laughs> Not sure how that's going to work. You can't strangle or choke somebody with your hands or a weapon or hanging spots. Uh, you can't throw any weapons or objects, chairs, etc., no thumbtacks, skewers, barbed wire, or other sharp puncturing objects or powders, aerosol sprays, or liquids. Mm. Yeah. Talent is being encouraged to give the coaches and medical team as much notice as possible when coming up with creative stunts and spots. They've got to ask permission. And apparently this is to appease Warner Brothers Discovery. So is AEW now theoretically being forced to go PG? It appears so. Blood and Guts is tomorrow, isn't it? Or is it next week? No, it's tomorrow. And I, I just find this to be a little ironic that, you know, this comes out um, right before you have an event that's literally called blood and guts which which again they couldn't have the name war games but do you think butster that they could have come up with a better name other than blood and guts they should have come up with a better name other than blood and guts it's just a little too 
almost a little too violent. It's just a little too. It sounds harsh. And I'll be there. I mean, it is. It's a vicious match. You know, generally speaking, there's crazy high spots. There's people bleeding. And so that's what you want. Blood and guts just sounds really, really bad. It does. Like you expect somebody to be murdered. Like it's the beginning of. Oh like, like you're expecting the beginning of Saving Private Ryan or something oh like that. Like just vicious. God. Well, it's true. Murdered in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, my God. You expect someone to have Lieutenant Dan legs? No, Mike. That's bad. I, I'm just saying, man. It's It all seems to be in that same genre. Sure. Okay. Oh. Yeah, the, the name's not good. I mean, you can't have blood and guts anymore. No. I, I don't know how that's going to you know, I get that you're trying to be safer. You're trying to be... Pe- yeah, you probably should be brawling in the crowd anyhow. Really? Especially if you're bleeding. Unless you want to tame back the bleeding. We've had this conversation umpteen yes. times. I'm not opposed to that. However, how do you have a match like Blood and Guts and nobody's going to bleed? I don't know. It strikes me as a bit odd. Uh, there definitely seem to be toning back all the violence. Like, Blackpool Combat Club are done. Well, I think a big part of that is I think they've noticed that a lot of people have taken a lot of high risks and they want to back away from that for the simple fact that, you know, people get injured very easily mm-hmm. and it would not take much to have a few people, a few key people, out with injury because they took some unnecessary high spots just to get a pop from the crowd that long-term really isn't going to do much for them. Okay. So commander is going to be done. Cause really, okay. His whole match is pure high spots. Okay. Hold on. I found something about this. Well, his whole thing, he does that whole Cirque du Soleil thing where he, you know, walks and then jumps and, and does all that stuff. I'm going to send you something here in the private chat. I want you to take a look at this. It looks like it depends on... It looks like they they break this down into a couple different categories. So if you scroll down here, so the first section is the following moves and actions have officially been banned. If you scroll down a little further, then there's a section called needs approval. So the things that are officially banned with the butt was going over before... Unprotected chair shots to the head, shots to the back of the head, buckle bombs, blind moves backwards into the buckle, fencing responses. What does that mean? Unnatural positioning of arms following a concussion. Fencing. Not sure. Seizure cells. Seizures. That's not a bad idea. That's a terrible... uh, You should never sell that. That's horrible. Uh, Spitting, bleeding in the crowd, weapons, projectiles in the crowd, taking drinks from guests in the crowd, physical contact with the crowd. So I think those are the the basic things that are banned. Now, the, the needs approval are spots and bumps, tables, letters, chairs, uh, like what the butt was saying before. It has to have padding. Um... But yeah, the, the other ones, you see where it says needs approval? 
Yes. So it looks this like this some... is a little bit different from the one that I found. So Correct. So it looks like there's some things that might have been amended and changed. And then, uh, so yeah. So there's some things that you can do, but it looks like there's a lot of things that you're going to need to get prior approval for. So is that a bad thing? Do you think? No, I think this is good. I mean, this should be common sense. These are things that I feel like should have been Tony Khan for everything that he's done. Good Buster with the wrestling world. I think he, and we talked about this. He wants to be everybody's friend. He wants to be anti WWE. He wants to give the best experience. He wants to let people creatively be who they are. But there has to be some limit to all of this because if not, then it's just helter skelter. And then, like we said, a couple of people get injured. That changes all of your storylines. That changes, you know, potential projected ticket sales, matches. If somebody's gone for, let's say, six, eight weeks, six, eight months, whatever it may be, that's a big thing. And you remember Vince McMahon had a conversation. Mick Foley talked about this. That he told Mick, he said, look, I get it. You want to do some of these things, but save them for a couple times a year. You can't go out every night and do this stuff. You just can't. And, you know, I don't know if Mick really got the memo on that. You know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Vince, but the one thing I will say is he's right about that. You can't do it all the time because you even said this on numerous episodes. A, it takes away from it when it happens because it's so commonplace that it doesn't mean anything anymore. And the second thing is the toll it takes on the performer's body. And so you're shortening your career, which means we are paying you X amount of dollars to be a performer for our company. If you're doing these crazy things that we do not endorse, that means that the time you're with us, that we've invested in you, you're probably end up ending your career sooner. Therefore, we're not going to be able to use you as much as we wanted to. It, it all comes down to business and doing some of these things. People are going in, into business for themselves. Well, that comes back to another conversation we've had umpteen times with AEW. The inmates are running the asylum. Oh, who's in charge? Who is in charge? I agree completely, but whoever absolutely. feels like it that day, yeah, everybody or however you want to look at it, it's. I I just feel like there's so many things that, you know, we would consider Vince an asshole and this and that, and he is a dictator when it comes to what is allowed to happen in the company. Take his personal stuff aside, the way he would say yay or nay to something pertaining to the show. You couldn't get approval unless it was through him. Mm-hmm. And he was the gatekeeper. There doesn't appear to be a gatekeeper in AEW. There doesn't appear to be somebody who doesn't mind playing bad cop and saying, no, that's not happening. We're not doing that. Like, for example, okay, Hangman, Adam Page. Love the guy, right? I think he's a great wrestler. I'm a huge fan of his. Would you, Butster, if you're a performer... Would you take a swig of someone else's beer at an event? No. No. Hey, I, I like beer. Don't get me wrong. I ain't drinking somebody else's. Right, but I'm not going to put, I'm not going to do that. So you, you got to think. Play devil's advocate. I don't, know if you know, I, I don't know if you know this or not. I chew tobacco forever. Okay. I have, let's, I did not know that. Let's just say 
You you chewed tobacco? I did for 12 or 14 years. But not anymore. Nope. Quit. But you got to think. So you're at this event. Some guy's got a lip full of Redmond. He's using his empty beer cup to spit in. And Hangman grabs it. He slams it back. That is so nasty. Or just think uh, this might be something smaller or petty. But let's just say he takes a, a random drink, okay? And the person got, I don't know, like a cold sore. It's not a not a huge deal, but still. Or if somebody has spiked it. You're, I was about to say, what happens you know, if they know he does that and they put a roofie in it? You don't know. It's And that's the thing. It's, it's not a smart idea. Yeah, it looks cool. And yeah, if it was my beer and he did it and I was on Dynamite, yeah, that'd be awesome. But for business, it's, it's just not smart. It's something that could go wrong. And it could end up being something so stupid comes of it. Or he grabbed my beer. They stole from me. Some idiot's going to get their panties in a bunch over that. Or when he took my beer, he bent my finger. Or or who knows? So just don't open yourself up to those things. Not at all. You're just, you're just asking for it unless they're a plant. Like, okay, that is the local wrestler we have or something. Yes. But how are you going to do that in a stadium full of, you know, 15, 18, 20,000 people? How's Hangman going to remember, okay, we got to go in the section 114. The guy's in the sixth row. He's got on a red T-shirt and a pink hat. Uh, I don't because you need it to be something. That stands out. You know, I mean, that would be tough to do. It could be done, but it would be tough to do. Just leave it alone. I agree. Or or, or grab a, a, a beer off of Doc Sampson's table or some damn thing. I, 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 don't know. I, I agree. Like that. Have one by Dasha right. Gonzalez or even have him, you know, do the, the canned beer thing. I mean, I know people probably think that's a ripoff of Steve yeah. Austin, but if you're so intent to do that, there is a, a safer way to do it. Yeah, that's just... That could open you up to so much stuff, and it's it's just not worth it. And like in the bleeding in the crowd, I don't have an issue with that either. Honestly, like let's not do that. That's that's not a good idea. You know, anything in the crowd, yeah, it's cool. And especially if you're a fan, you're seeing it. That's amazing. Like when you were at Dynamite. Yeah, and Mox came through the crowd. Mm-hmm. That must have been so thrilling for you. Did you see me? Yeah, I seen you. Wait, walk right past me. Sent you a picture. I know. Right. So, but no, that but that would be cool. Don't get me wrong. I I get the 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 value to that, the excitement to that. It's just not worth the aggravation. End up with yeah. a with a Don Callis situation, like down in AAA, or some fan beat the tire out of him. Well, there's an update on that story. I have not heard an update. So yes, but but no, just to just to put a bow tie on this conversation. No, I agree with you. Like, 
I think what they're looking at is I think Discovery Time Warner is saying, hey, we want to invest in you guys. We want you guys to be part of our long term um, company. And, and we build. We want to make sure you're a big staple of it. So don't do shit that's going to get us lawsuits. Don't do shit that's going to make our brand look bad. And I think it just makes sense. Like, I agree with them a hundred percent. And you and I talked about like, at the end of the day, is that really going to change a rating? No. If it's a great match, people will tune in. But for the sake of blood and gore and violence, is that really going to, to, you know, turn the dial into a better category? It's not. And I feel like if people, wrestlers can't understand that, it's about taking care of your body. It's about putting on a good show. But it's also about protecting the audience as well. So, no, I agree 100%. It needed to be toned down. And I'm glad that Warner Brothers Discovery is finally kind of putting their foot down and, and being that that supervisor, if you will, over Tony Khan to say, hey, look, man, like, if you want to do this deal, if we want to be in business together, you, we're going to need to do a dance here. There's some things you want, I get, but there's some things that we want. So... Just like cursing on uh, AEW TV, I think it's the dumbest thing. I think they're allowed to use the word damn and shit and something else after what time of the after nine o'clock, I want to say. But it's like, is that even all that necessary? That and that's the constant finger, the flipping people off. Flipping the man, I tell you what, if people would know how much the butster texts me when he's pissed about the flipping of the bird, oh. Because it just, it's so stupid. It is. It's really dumb. I flip people off. I've been flipped off. I don't, but it's every bloody match or every other match. Why? You're not cool. You're not tough. You're not edgy. You look like a moron. Hey, look it up. This is our stance. We'll just give you the finger. Come on, guys. Do better. Okay, let, let's talk about this. How many times now in pictures on social media do people take pictures with other people and they're all doing this? Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, because they're dumb. I have no concept how that is a thing. Like, oh, let's, get, let's take a picture and we're all going to put a bird up. Like, what? So let's Why? talk about this real quick. Here's a history lesson, kids. In ancient Rome, the middle finger has been around for centuries, popping up wherever someone... Uh, needed an easy way to express their displeasure with a fellow man. So how did it all start? Flipping the bird actually goes back to ancient Rome, where it was called digitus impunitus, or indecent finger. Um, It may be difficult to pinpoint the exact time that the middle finger was first used. Some historians put its roots back to ancient Rome. So, yeah. The middle finger back in ancient Rome. But it, um, it just looks tacky. It, it looks it, stupid. It doesn't look cool. Yeah. Come on. Do better. No, true. Do better. No, I agree with you. I'm it not disagreeing. Just, uh, Stone Cold did it. And he wants something. It was cool. But I find with the AEW, everybody does it all. The time everybody wants to flip each other off. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think it's foolish. 
We should start flipping each other off before and after the show. We should just do that. I mean, no I one can do, see it. I do flip you off, just generally after you've closed out your camera. Oh. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Well. You don't know want to know what I say when I get the email for the link. Oh, that's true. You know that's what? Not good either. Maybe I need to be... I need to keep my mouth shut and not ask so many questions. <laughs> you know I love you, Mike. Oh, I know. Um, let's talk about somebody who was kind of at the center of a big controversy, uh, seemingly, about CM Punk, and that's Cole Cabana. Boom, boom. Uh, this is from Fightful. A veteran is back in AEW after being gone for seven months. Fightful Select is reporting that Cole Cabana is back working for All Elite Wrestling. Obviously, he's not doing things with Ring of Honor anymore. He came back on the July 5th episode of Dynamite in Edmonton. Cabana was last seen on AEW back in November when he was the surprise Ring of Honor world challenger to Chris Jericho and his ROH World Heavyweight Championship. Now we're told that Cabana returned as a producer and a coach, though we don't know if he will continue to be wrestling or it will strictly be behind the scenes. Cabana has been largely absent in AEW because of the CM Punk rant that happened after the all-in press conference. So, so it looks like he's not wrestling for Ring of Honor anymore. He's officially back within AEW, but he's going to be a producer. I think... I like Scott Colton as far as that's concerned. I don't know anything about the situation with, with he and punk, but I've had some time to think about this and I'm not saying I'm changing my tune on this, but just hear me out and tell me if my thought process makes any sense. So when punk came in, we all heard about that initial buzz about, well, how's this going to work with Scott Colton being there at the same time? And then all of a sudden word got out that he was being moved. So he was a real big fan favorite backstage with everyone. He was getting moved to ring of honor. Well, the young bucks weren't very happy with that. So they went up to Tony Khan. They started talking to him about that because a lot of people like Scott being around and they thought this is a little too coincidental. Punk comes in all of a sudden, Colt's gone. Well, that then obviously leads to what Hangman Adam Page did when it came to doing his promo when Hangman actually went into business for himself and said, you know, workers' rights, which is an homage to something that he said back in WWE when he was doing that whole contract negotiation storyline with Vince McMahon. But we recently found out CM Punk ended up saying in an interview, I think he did one with either the Players' Tribune or Sports Illustrated. I'm trying to remember which one it was. And someone said, well, what did you say to Hangman after he said that whole workers' rights thing to you? He said, I asked him directly, why did you say that line? He said, it's because you're trying to get rid of one of our friends, and that's Scott Colton. And Punk said, you don't understand, man. He goes, the one thing you need to know is stay out of business that has nothing to do with you. And, and then I paused for a second and then I stopped and I thought about the press conference and how punk basically said, I get it. They're trying to stick up for their friend. I stuck up for Scott Colton. I get it. I, I paid his bills until I stopped paying them. But I think what punk was trying to say was like, I get it. He's your friend. He was my friend. But people need to keep their nose out of business that has nothing to do with them. And so from that context, I understand where Punk was coming from. 
The problem I have is when then Punk then went on this big tirade and, and buried everybody. And that in itself was really the part where I became very upset about the Punk thing as it relates to, to Colt Cabana. But I mean, like now that I'm sitting back and thinking about it and more details are coming out, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like you might not be happy about it, but how does this affect anyone else but he and I? Does that make sense? Well, it makes perfect sense. It, it is an issue they have. I don't, I'll be honest with you, I still don't know 100% what their issue is. I've heard bits and pieces, but I still don't know the, the totality of it. But, yeah, I mean, they don't get along. It's all well and good. You're going to pick up for your friend. Right. That's just human nature. We all pick up for our friends. But I don't know if you necessarily have to go to the extreme. Like, Hanman was wrong in that. I think we can both agree on that. He, he yeah. should not have brought that up. You know, uh, um, Cole Cabana and, and CM Punk, they got their issues or whatever. Maybe one day they'll sort it out. I don't think so. From everything I've read, it's, it's pretty bad. They're never going to be buddies again. But just let sleeping dogs lie. Don't You don't need to stir the pot. Just stir clear of each other. Yeah. Because right? let's be honest, if, so AEW's brought Cole Cabana back. You think he's going to be working on Collision? No way, shape, or form. Do you think he's going to be, you know, coming up with a match that has anything to do with CM Punk? No way. Right? He won't even be in the building if CM Punk is going to be there. Correct. Right? They're, they're just—it's not going to happen. So, because it comes down to a lot of it comes down to professionalism. And maturity, and for Hangman to come out and say that—that that kind of shows a bit of immaturity. It does. I'll agree. You know, and, and it just—it doesn't help. Like that did not help anything whatsoever. Now, Punk, the way he acted after that didn't help a damn thing either. The whole—there was a lot of people in the wrong here. Yes, I agree. Right? There was. There was. It wasn't like these guys were victims, and these guys were assholes. There's really, blame so they to go were, around. They were all being assholes. They were all making some really dumb choices, yes. Right? And it just blew up, and well, we ended up in the mess that we were in. So, yeah, I I get where CM Punk is going. That was a very long-winded answer. I apologize. No, it's but good. I, but I get where Punk is going. You know what? That's, that's an issue between him and Scott Colton. I let them sort it out, or don't sort it out, and just don't like each other, and don't talk to each other, and that's cool too. Just be professional. Um, when we talk about the young bucks and obviously, you know, how are they perceived with all of this, even before the whole CM Punk situation with the bucks and everything, when Cody left, he and Tony Khan, and I'm going even further back, all agreed to sign non-disclosure to not talk about what exactly the reasons were for him leaving or anything, which in itself seems a little suspicious to me because I don't know of any other situation in wrestling since I've been a fan where anyone has, it's been documented that they signed non-disclosures not to talk about what was going on. But I do know a lot of people have wondered, Hey, you know what? To the EVPs, still talk to Cody and does Cody still talk to them? 
So Ringside News is reporting, since Cody Rhodes left AEW for WWE, that doesn't mean that he's burned every single bridge. Now, after all, he still keeps in constant communication with some of his friends and other promotions. Now, the Young Bucks have decided to stick around AEW for the foreseeable future. As EVPs for the company, there were also some rumors that the Bucks and Cody didn't really get along towards the end of Cody's tenure with the company. While speaking to Sean Ross Sapp, Cody Rhodes opened up a bit about his relationship with the Bucks. He confirmed he is still in communications with both sides. For years, there were questions and rumors surrounding the nature of Cody Rhodes' friendship with Mick, Nick and Matt Jackson, along with Kenny Omega, particularly Cody not being involved in BET and being a part of any of the things the Young Bucks were doing. Now, at the red carpet for Cody Rhodes' new Peacock documentary, which is something that you can see right now, Fightful was able to gain a little more clarity on the relationship between Cody and the Bucks. He said without hesitation, Cody confirmed that he does fairly regularly speak with the young Bucks. Um, I think that's really interesting. He said that even if he doesn't share a ring with the Bucks and Kenny Omega, they're still bonded for life due to what all they have done together. It was also noted on the outlet, um, speaking to Cody about a variety of other topics, including leaving AEW, Triple H's throne smashing that he did, and so much more. Question for you. The first thing, are you going to check out the Cody Rhodes documentary on Peacock? Yeah, I think I will. Actually, I didn't even know anything about it till this afternoon. Yeah, so it's supposed to be really, really good, and this is one of the selling points of why Cody wanted to go back to the, well what WWE was offering Cody Rhodes to come back, which is not only his own bus for traveling with his wife and his child, which was a big thing. So they didn't have to be separated. The other thing was a very nice lucrative contract. Um, and then obviously the abilities to produce his father's documentary, which we saw that Dustin was a part of as well, which Tony Khan gave permission for that. And obviously a Cody Rhodes documentary that was going to be made about, his father, his father's life, what was like growing up as a Rhodes, you know, kind of living in the shadows of, of Dusty and then Dustin. And then what was like that getting him to the point to where he is today. So if you haven't checked that out and you have access to Peacock, definitely check that out. It is available. I believe right now you should be able to check that out. So interesting. I'm going to have to probably watch that in the next couple of days. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Do you, let me ask you, do you think at some point in time Cody returns to AEW? Probably. I've often wondered if the, the prodigal son will return home because let's say he gets the WWE championship, and, and, and I don't know if he's considered to be somebody that's going to be holding it as long as Roman Reigns. I highly doubt that. No. But he's going to get the WWE championship. He's going to have his moment. It's It's going to complete his story. You know, and I think he's going to get what he what he came for, and he may have realized that this was my one last chance. And I wonder if that is more of the reason why he went to WWE than it was the alleged tumultuous nature of AEW. Like, in your opinion, but which one probably played a bigger factor? Hey, I have a chance. They've reached out to me. I could be WWE champion. They really want to push me on the grandest stage. Or, man, this is a shit show over here. I got to get out. I think he probably left. I think it's most likely because it's a shit show. 
that AEW is a bit of a backstage dumpster fire. And Cody, to me, comes off as somebody who's pretty professional. He's, well, I mean, look at the lineage. Look who his old man was. Look who his brother is. I'll be his brother's in AEW, so I don't know how much that really holds. But I would think he probably left just because it was getting stupid, I think. I mean, he had a pretty light schedule in AEW. Uh, the word you hear is he did well financially in AEW. He had creative control in AEW. They all do, but he really did. No, I think he he probably left just because it was stupid. It was just, it was ridiculous. The timing was well. The WWE came along, hey, your contract's up, we'll give you this. I mean, they, they offered him a very lucrative deal himself to go back, so I'm sure that didn't hurt. But I think the biggest reason for him to leave is just because it it's foolishness going on over there. The backstage nonsense, I think that had a lot to do with it. Probably the biggest reason. Because if he was happy, he wouldn't have left. Let's be honest, people generally don't leave jobs if they're happy. Well, unless somebody offers up just foolish money or foolish perks. Right. So, that's probably, I think it's just, yeah, he, he wasn't content with the way things were. Which is interesting because the whole concept of creating AEW was to be something that was an alternative to WWE. And then, you know, you get to this point where you have created something that is an alternative to WWE. But then I think before Cody left, Cody started to realize that Tony Khan was doing more WWE stuff than he was staying true to the hallmark of let's be something different. You know, and we talked about how Tony signed every free agent that became available from WWE. And I wonder if Cody realized, Hey, look, we're not really sticking true to the game plan here. Like we should be pushing our homegrown guys and not pushing these other guys. And I think Tony Khan to counter that might have said, yeah, we can push our younger guys. There's no doubt. But I mean, we got to get people that are going to be more household names to get eyeballs on the product so they can see the younger guys that we can eventually push. So it might have just been a, a business difference as far as opinions. Um, but AEW definitely, we talked about this before. It's been tough. It's been tough sledding for them because I don't see a whole lot of growth. I don't see numbers changing. I don't see attendance getting better. Yeah, for the major pay-per-views, you're definitely going to get you know a packed house. But really, we're not seeing that when it comes to weekly shows. Nope. Um, WrestleTix actually has, you can follow them on Twitter. Whenever you go to a show, they ask you to DM them with pictures and sometimes they'll put them up on their WrestleTix Twitter feed. And some of the crowds look pretty sparse. So, but I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Let me just throw this out to you. Do you think fans pay way too much attention to ratings and how many, uh, people are in the audience when they take these pictures and post them online. Yeah, probably. If I go, if it's if it's me, so I'm going to whatever wrestling event tonight. Right. I don't care if there's 10 people. I don't care if there's 10,000 people. If I'm entertained, I'm entertained. And that's it. Whether it be a local little independent show 
which has got a bunch of wrestlers I've never heard of, or it's AEW, or it's WWE, or Ring of Honor, or whatever it is. Right. If I'm entertained, I'm entertained. Now, is it more fun if you go to a place and there's a big crowd? Well, of course it is. You, you feel the 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 atmosphere. Buzz. You know, you, the buzz, the presence of everybody else, everybody's getting amped up. But if it's a good show, it's a good show. Well, the house is not empty. Then it's, then it's no good. And when I say ten people, obviously I'm I'm exaggerating. We don't want to show with ten people, but it doesn't need to be. I've gone to indie shows that probably had a hundred people at it. Not a big crowd, but yeah. was entertained at it. Right. So you don't need a, a great big crowd. I don't know how much stock I put into the ratings. Um, the fact that AEW's ratings have never grown is an issue, though. We've had this conversation. That is, yeah, it has I, to grow. It has it has to grow, but I will also say, the one thing I will say about AEW is they have had really good TV shows. Like, they're not bad TV shows. And it just it's surprising, I should say, to me at times when certain shows garner a low audience, and I'm thinking, well, why? That was a freaking great show. Like, that was great wrestling. But not everybody is the same type of fan. They're not. Some people think wrestling is great. Some people like the, the drama. Some people like the little skits and all that. I, I am not a skit guy. I can't stand them. I hate that. But once again, sometimes you need those to drive the story. Yeah, so. I think you always need them. They don't need to be 20 minutes long. Yeah. You had to tell the story. That's part of it. it. The story can't just be told in the ring. There needs to be the verbal part as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Um, going through some of my notes here. What other things? Thoughts do you have right now? I want the update on Don Callis you spoke about. I haven't Thank heard. You. Last I heard is some guy beat the crap out of him. That yes. was the last I heard. So I saw, I watched Triplomania. I watched it and I thought it was a really good show. Um, the distracting part of watching Triplomania is that their, their Titantron, if you will, um, runs commercials all throughout the show. So like when they go to like the hard cam and it's like the ring, but then behind it, it has like the Titan Tron. Well, they basically have like the big screen and then two smaller side screens. They're always running advertisements for stuff constantly, constantly. And it's like, that's distracting as shit, but here's what happened. So, Don Callis came down to Tijuana, Mexico because Kenny Omega was wrestling uh, Vikingo for the Mega Championship. Kenny lost, which probably won't get much publicity here. It was a good match. I, don't, I wouldn't say it was like the greatest match in the world, but it was a good match. Vikingo beat Kenny clean, one, two, three in the ring. Um, Kenny shook his hand and then had left, but Don Callis had come out because they're trying to continue the storyline with him stalking Kenny because 
you know, blood and guts is going to be coming up and he's warning Kenny that this is going to be it for you and whatever. Well, they had their post triple mania, like media scrum, right? Like a lot of like AEW has it. WWE does it now. There's usually like a new Japan does it. There's a, usually like a table and a microphone and all that. Well, in Tijuana, they didn't have that. So basically it was just, it was held in this big arena, this big stadium. So it was like, you know when they tarp off everything behind the big Titantron? It was back in that area. And it was just media people and some of the wrestlers, and they were going to be talking and whatnot. Well, there was a, a deal where I'm trying to think who was going to get jumped. Somebody was getting jumped, and it was a skit. It was a it was a it was all work. And Don was involved in it. Well, one of the security guys was not smartened up to this. And when he saw Don walk into the mix, he was like, crap, I know that this is a work. I did not know he was supposed to be involved as well. So he took him and basically slammed him to the ground pretty hard. Um, in the videos out there online, you can see it too. Don ended up having to go to the hospital. But after all is said and done, it was explained that that guy in security knew it was a work, but when Don pushed past him and went to go get in, in in the fray, he didn't know that Don wasn't just some rabid fan that had just gotten, you know. So it was a big misunderstanding. Nothing was intentional. Um, I don't even know if the security guy got reprimanded or fired or what, but miscommunication was really what but it was it, the funny thing about that whole story is they had reported that it was a a fan that gone rogue and that just attacked on callus and i'm like that's what i heard but no it was not i gotta find this video i'll watch it later yeah so. you're gonna it's it's very interesting i'll, I'll tell you that much um, what else? Oh, so also when I was watching Triple Mania, um, they had a an ambulance match. So, you know, the, the concept of an ambulance match is, and it depends. Sometimes you just have to throw the person in the ambulance and then like shut the doors and then the match is over. Some of them you have to like strap them to a gurney and then get them into the ambulance and close the door. QT Marshall had a match with um Pentagon Jr. Pentagon Jr. did the job and lost the ambulance match to QT Marshall. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. The rest of the show I thought was, was, was pretty good. Um, they had wrestlers from different promotions coming in, and I thought it was a really good overall show. Um, there's going to be another part of Triple Mania that's going to be coming up um, later on, and it should be interesting to see what happens. Why do you hate QT Marshall? He's, I just, first of all, his whole in-ring, the punches, the kicks, the walk, all of that, it is identical to The Rock, to the point where he wears the boots where the calves are cut out. Like, all of his moves look just like the way The Rock kicks, the way The Rock punches. And it's like, okay, I get it, like, I get it. But it's just, I don't, I'm not connected to him. I'm not drawn to him. I don't find that he's a good heel. That whole nightmare, what was it called? The nightmare team or whatever, team nightmare. I don't know. 
Factory. Neymar Factory. Yeah, I didn't find that to be that interesting. He's just not that interesting of a guy. And I don't think he's that great. And for the fact that like they're doing these segments with QTV, no one gives a shit. Am I the minority in all of this? I don't think it's that bad. Like, Jesus, man. He is the, you he's see, literally. you got a lot of heat. It's just, it's just, it's painful. It's You'd hope- rather watch him or Ryback. Ryback. Wow. Did you hear the story about Miranda Lambert, by the way, since we're talking about people who are just... Have you heard her story? The country singer? Yeah. I know a little bit about her. What, where so, are you going with this? So just the whole concept of don't be a scumbag, right? Okay. Well, in, this is my opinion. I think Miranda Lambert was kind of a scumbag. So Miranda Lambert is a country singer, as the butt just said. In in a lot of big acts, they end up doing a residency in Las Vegas. So like they'll sign a deal with a hotel like the Tropicana, the Mirage, MGM, whatever it may be. And they're that act for that hotel for six months to a year, whatever it may be. So Miranda Lambert currently has a show, and I don't know which... Let's see here. What does it say? It doesn't say what hotel she's at, but she's doing a residency. Okay. So that means usually about five nights a week, she'll do a concert, but it's just in that one location. Well, the place was sold out and evidently there were these girls. They were there and they were taking like selfies of themselves and and whatnot. They were enjoying the ambiance. They were capturing the moment. Miranda Lambert stopped one of her songs. She was beginning to sing it and she chastised the ladies. She goes, and I'm paraphrasing like, this is my show. People came here to watch, listen to the music. You're not supposed to be doing that. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, why does she care? Like, what does it matter if they're taking pictures of themselves? It may be a situation where, you know, they're all friends or whatever like that. It's not worth stopping the show. I think it was a little ridiculous, and I'm trying to find her exact quote. Um, I'm going to stop right here for a second. Lambert has heard saying in the video, these girls are worried about a selfie and not listening to the song, and it's pissing me off a little bit. Uh, Yeah, that's what Lambert said. And then Callan, the lady who was taking the picture, is a, social media influencer from Las Vegas. She said it was 30 seconds at the most. We took the picture quickly, and we're going to sit back down. Apparently there's a video of it. Lambert's scolding her. So what's your thoughts on that? Um... It's kind of tasteless uh, for the fans to be getting there taking selfies because it's like the the conversation we've had before with one of my grinds, my dearest people standing up in front of people. If I'm sitting there watching the show and you're in a row in front of me and you're standing up taking a selfie while I'm trying to watch the show and listen to the music, I I don't want that. You're there for the show. You're, You're not the show. No, I get that, but I mean, isn't a little egotistical for her to be like, 
who gives a shit? Like the more you draw attention to it, the more it becomes a bigger deal. And okay, the the let's draw it back to the grind my gear spot. When people stand up at wrestling events, that's over the course of the entire night, right? Mm-hmm. They stand, they stand, they stand. I get it. If you stand up because you, you're you're marking over some big move or whatever like that, so be it. It was less than thirty seconds, and it was a picture. Because look at the look at the backlash that she's getting, and she's brought it upon herself. I mean, this is not a small nightclub, or you know, where it's like, holy shit, like you just stood up in the front row and you just took this picture. You know what I mean? It's this is a packed house. No one's gonna care. No, I, I see your point. I mean, it's like they paid for their tickets. Shut the hell up and sing. You know. Also, are people behind them paid for a sick to take a sit the hell down and watch the show? They did, but it was thirty seconds when they took a picture. I know, but if, if okay, here's what I will say: if they continued to do it, and like, oh, I'm going to do this, oh, I'm going to do that. Okay, gotcha. It's incessant at this point. Someone takes it. What happens if it was you and your wife? You were somewhere at a show and you're like, man, I really want to stand up. I'm going to get a picture of you and I together with the star in the background. Let's get a picture to commemorate this. Boom. You took it and you went back to enjoying the show. Wouldn't do it. That's not the, it's not that big of a deal. No, fair enough. It isn't. But me personally, I wouldn't do that. I, I don't think it's cool. Okay. And that's completely fair. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. We all got our different opinions. Um, I just thought it was a little egotistical when she said on, on social media, she said, I didn't like it at all. We're here to hear some country music, and I'm singing country damn music. Okay. Yeah, that comes off as a little... Uh, it does. High and mighty. When, yeah. It does. I, I had to see the video to form a, a, a good opinion because from the article I was reading, some was from Lambert's point of view. Some was from the the other lady's point of view. So uh, let's be honest. Lambert's point of view is going to be skewed towards her. The other one is going to have it skewed mm-hmm. towards her. So you know, it's it's probably what really happened is somewhere in the middle. Yep. I would be surprised if Lambert or or any musical act for that matter would spaz out. Like that over somebody quickly standing up, taking a selfie, and sitting down. Correct. I, I would be shocked if it was just that quick. Maybe, you know, maybe she was in a shitty mood that day, and for some reason that just put her over the edge. Doesn't make it right. But maybe that's what it was. I would doubt that. Though. She's been touring forever. She's had people take selfies before. So for it to set her off like that, my first guess would be there was probably more to it than just for 30 seconds. We stood up, took a picture and, and sat down. I don't know if that would be the case. Maybe it is. Who knows? Like you said before, sometimes the truth is somewhere in between. Yeah. I, I would be more inclined to think she probably did it several times. Yeah. Maybe it was only for 30 seconds each time, but she was just like, okay, enough's enough. Like, but, I mean, if it's a huge arena, like, how can you tell? Well, if she's in the first or second row, and uh, the residencies in Vegas are not in great big, huge arenas, Mike. It's not like you're playing at the T-Mobile arena. True. You're playing, like, I've 
I've seen shows in Vegas. And you know, when the last one I seen would have been would have been a couple Christmases ago. And it was Terry Fader at the Mirage. And I think there was only if there was a thousand people, that was it. Like everybody could see everybody. So it's not like a great big amphitheater here with twenty thousand people, forty thousand people, no. And if you know if you're in the first first row, second row, third row, like you're right in front of the stage, I could see it being distracting for the performer. True that. And it'd be a bit irritating too, let's be honest. If you're if you're another fan and you're watching it and they're getting there having to get your pictures and stuff like that. I can see that getting aggravating quickly. Let us know what your thoughts are. Hit us up on social media. You can hit me up at the Mike Freeland. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Gotnoof2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. So Eric Bischoff was uh, doing one of his episodes of his podcast, and he was talking about how WCW was trying to you know, market whatever they could. You know, a lot of companies, especially back in WCW, they had, you know, the kids telephones and the T-shirts and the hats and the lunch boxes and everything. Well, he was talking about how there was a pitch to have WCW condoms at the time. And he talked about how, you know, you got to be careful when it comes to merchandising and whatnot. But he also talked about if there will ever be a WWE museum like a Smithsonian or something like that. He said this, Oh, it probably will happen at some point. It's just a question of priorities. What makes the most sense and when I'm sure it will happen at some point in time. Like I said, it's just a matter of when I think Orlando would be a great area. I mean, New York could be as well, but New York's really, really expensive. If you're going to be a high density kind of traffic area, I think Orlando works because it's a destination location. You know, so many people are going to be traveling to Orlando, whether it's Disney, MGM Studios, Universal Studios, and there's different attractions that exist around Orlando. I think a WWE museum and physical Hall of Fame make the most sense in Orlando. I want to get your thoughts on the concept, first of all, of a WWE museum. I think it'd be awesome. I'd love it. So a WWE museum, do you think it would a museum and a Hall of Fame would be one thing together? Yes. I was going to say, I don't think that would be something that would be both standalone. No, I, no, I don't think that would be the case. It's just, just one great big building. Yeah. It's, it's like um, right here in Toronto, we have the Hockey Hall of Fame. So the Hockey Hall of Fame... No, so you have your exhibits with jerseys and sticks and all that stuff and your interactive stuff. And then they have all the trophies there, the original trophies. And then they have all the plaques of the players that are in the Hall of Fame. So I think that would be the route you would go. You have your museum part of it and your Hall of Fame part all within one building. Just different wings, we'll say. I think it would be really interesting because... When it comes to WWE, I mean, do you remember years ago they had talked about this? And it never obviously came to fruition, but a WWE theme park? No, I never heard that. 
Yeah, so there was a story that came out years ago. I'm going to see if I can pull this up. It was that WWE were looking. See, Vince Vince McMahon's vision was always to for WWE to be. He wanted to be the Walt Disney of WWE, meaning theme parks and whatnot. I want to see if I can pull up this article where it actually talked about them having theme parks. And they were specifically talking about how the rides would be named after wrestlers. Um, Ric Flair is going to be Space Mountain. Okay, here we go. This was in the Orlando Weekly. Um, speaking of Orlando, how interesting. Uh, Orlando's been longtime rumored to be the, the future of a WWE Hall of Fame attraction. Now, before I go any further, let me tell you this article is dated June 5th, 2017. Um, it says Orlando has long been rumored to be the home of a future WWE Hall of Fame fan attraction. Guests could come to the location nearly every night and look at different things um, in the venue itself. Now, there's been solid evidence that WWE might be interested in a brick and mortar Hall of Fame building as well. This is less evident. This would be used for not only a WWE Hall of Fame, but it would also be used for other things. Uh, let's see here. Recently, an international entertainment company firm designed what it would look like if it was the first WWE theme park. It says there were, there were pamphlets that were created with WWE branded attractions, uh, especially creating authentic experiences that people could actually go on. I actually have a photo of this as well. I'm going to send it to the attractions would also be designed for a global market. It would be a full scale outdoor theme park, uh, much like Disney world. Um, and it would have all different concept rides and WWE fan experiences. And Andre the Giant themed fun house or haunted house known as the WWE House of Horrors featuring the Undertaker and the Boogeyman are two more attractions that were talked about. A dark road to WrestleMania could also be an attraction. Uh, other traditional theme park rides would be a roller coaster with a massive John Cena drop on it as well other carnival rides um what else what else uh, i'm trying to pick and choose some things here the concept would be over the top as far as everything else that's being offered right now in the central florida market all right so let me ask you this it says ww already has large scale presence in florida and the newly opened hogan's beach shop with its uh stretching arms to try to reach another market. WWE has no word on the attraction or the theme park will develop, but potentially are hopes that it would land in Orlando. What do you think about that? Do you think that's too much of a stretch? I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool. I'm not a rides guy personally. I just sent it to you. Like, I don't think I wouldn't travel to Orlando for it myself. If I were in the area, for whatever reason, would I go? Of course I would. That'd be pretty neat. But, I mean, this article is from just about six years ago, and nothing's really come of it. No. So, I don't know. It'd be cool. It would definitely be cool. But the rides and stuff wouldn't be my cup of tea. Yeah, you know, I don't like get on interactive board. stuff. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. I'd check that out. Yeah, interactive stuff I definitely would be a part of. Now, I, I don't do roller coasters. I don't like that at all. Um, I think it's called the Scrambler, 
where you sit in this thing and it moves around in a circle and then it's like there's a whole bunch of arms or tentacles that spin around as well with you on it. I don't like that kind of stuff. Nope. I'm a log flume guy, you know? I'm a nope. let's take it easy type of guy. Yeah. Lazy oh. river type of thing. Yes. I'm a hold your I'll hold your purse in your car keys kind of guy. I'm not the, yep. the thrill seeker. I mean, there are people that I know literally because where we live, there's a place called Kings Island. That's the big theme park in Cincinnati, Kings Island. In fact, the Brady Bunch actually filmed an episode here. So people will stand in line, I shit you not, for two or three hours to get on a roller coaster. Oh, hell no. Yeah, no, no, no. Two to three hours. There is nothing in my life that I ever will wait two to three hours in line to do. I'll never go to the Apple store and wait for the latest iPhone 79 or whatever the shit it is. Never do that. Well, that's because you're cheap. I get a track phone, man. I get those at the grocery store. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that waiting in line thing. I A half hour. If I'm not getting whatever I'm going for in a half hour, that's it. I don't need it that bad. Yes. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I could see the the appeal to it. If you're a person that that likes amusement rides, like your Six Flags or, you know, whatever it would be, I get that. If that's your company, I know a guy that travels down to the states every summer, goes to Six Flags. Him and his wife go down. Now he's a grown man; he's our age. He loves it. Like he lives for this. You have no idea how much he takes a week off work. They stay right at the at the theme park. Loves it. He's all about roller coasters and all that stuff. Good for you. It's not my deal. I could see it working, though. Just because if you're going to be near Orlando, you're down by all the other parks. Yes, they're going to be direct competition, but if you're somebody from like you or I, if we're down there, you would go. Would you do the rides? No. But like the interactive stuff, your merch shops, your museum, they had the Museum Hall of Fame thing there. You're going to go. I'm going. Right? I'm 100% sure you're going to go to it. No, I absolutely would go. But am I going to wait in line to get on the John Cena roller coaster? Nope. I'm not getting on it. There's no line. So you that's really irrelevant to me. You won't see me in that one. Right. No, if they had the the ape or Tim White's bar or the APA bar or something, I might wait in line for that for a half hour to get in. That's about it. Because when you're on vacation, do you want to spend two hours waiting for one no one ride or to no. get into one restaurant or no? That's that's re- I mean like and especially when you're going to these places, it's the summer. Do you want to stand out in the smoldering heat just to go on a ride that lasts? I think it's I think the one roller coaster that's a big deal here in Kings Island is like two and a half minute ride. Nope. Well, thank you. No, I'm not doing that. Um. What else? What else is on your mind when it comes to the world of wrestling? Well, that's about it for me. 
Um, I'm a week behind. I'm 428 EW. I, I didn't get to watch much last week, so I'm going to try to get caught up. And we'll go from there. It's an old Battle of the Belts was Saturday past. I didn't. Yes. I didn't, I didn't see. You, you One thing I will read, or I did read about, and it pissed me off. This will be this week's grinds my gears. Yes. Um, David Benoit was at the show in Calgary. And people were cutting him up and stuff like that because of his father and what his father did. Listen. He didn't do nothing. Nope. Whatever his dad did, that does not reflect on that young fella. Correct. Fuck off. Yep. Stop Amen. picking at him. Stop saying shit about him. He had nothing to do with it. He didn't do it. He wasn't involved in it. He didn't know what was going to happen. He has nothing. Give up your shit. He's not. Don't do that. Just do better. Don't be that type of person. He's not his dad. Leave the young man alone. Amen. I agree with you 100%. It's just, it's just more foolishness. You're just being a dickhead. With that being said, I will say this. It has been so much fun. Uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. Again, if you are wanting to follow our podcast, we would really appreciate that. You can head on over to my Twitter page, which is at the Mike Freeland. And you will see that at the very top, it's actually pinned to my profile, all the places where you can find our podcast. Now, I do know there's some changes with Stitcher. I was informed that Stitcher was going to be no more. We're trying to get our kinks worked out with Spotify. But you can also find us at player.fm, Refonic Podcasts at Apple, uh, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podbean, Radio Republic, iHeartRadio, Radio.net, and iVox. Guys, we continue to be doing really well with our downloads. We appreciate all the support that you continue to show our show. Remember, if you like the podcast, go ahead and share the link on any form of social media, whether people are wrestling fans. Maybe they're just fans listening to two friends talk about things. Whatever it may be, continue to share it so we can continue to reach new people who can enjoy our podcast. All right, Butster. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland. He is the butt. We will catch you next week on the Front Row Material Brain.